Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 172. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to conclude the arc of Level Up Yours. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're coming to the end of yet another arc. We got some patrons to thank, some contest winners to announce. But before we do any of that, we got to thank our official sponsors, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Very much so. Just did an order with them. I did too. And wouldn't you know it, the day that it shipped, one of my wish list cards came in. Ugh. Oh. At least it wasn't another mana crypt that you ordered after you pulled one out of your box. Oh, <laughs> God dang. Hey. Ooh. That's it. That's it. We were talking before the show on, on how prices by and large haven't been affected greatly. Other than maybe Mana Crypt, but the original book Mana Crypt still holds value. And that goes to show that very old cards, when you when you look at something like Carpet of Flowers too, made affordable through mystery boosters, but the originals do hold their value. Those collectible printings are are, are some still hold some value. I was doing a, I bought a uh, a rune tail, another foil rune tail. And the foil rune tail from the collector booster actually costs half as much as a regular one from Krapagawa. Yeah, and when you look at something like an even tied foil like Bloom Tender that didn't receive a foil treatment in Mystery, still insanely expensive, even though Mystery Booster Bloom Tenders are now more available. Yeah. So we were saying completely okay with all of those things. Yeah, every single thing that we just said, that's awesome. I would love to see more foil bloom tenders and more foil mana crypts in the world, but I'm I'm happy with mana crypts being obtainable for half as much as they used to be. Yeah, like people can actually maybe afford them or or attain them now, and that's really cool. Yeah, it helps people level up their game. Ooh, oh. level up their collection, which is part of your game. Maybe that's the first mini level up of the episode. If your collection is good, your decks will probably be good. Well, they are. It's the truth. Not mutually synonymous. True. But, I mean, but, I have bad decks and I have a good yeah, collection. Yeah. If you have a deep card pool, the odds are your decks could be better. Oh, than there, there. I w- yeah. We apparently these this day and age we do have to be lawyers. Oh yeah. S- see the pre-show where we're talking about new legislation and mortgage payments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking of which, this is the final episode for the arc of level up yours, where we're doing the mystery booster giveaways. But because people asked us, we are still giving hints for commanders on the pre-show. Yes, and if you enter in on that or you guess one or you guess it right, we will enter you in to win the deck next week. That's right. So you still do have one more chance. We kind of pushed the recording of this episode ahead so we could avoid the coronavirus complete and utter lockdown of Western Canada. Yeah. We wanted to make sure we could get this one in. Don't know what we're going to do next week. But uh, we know we're here now. At the very at the very worst, I'll just go to your house. Yeah. And we'll record in your basement. And drink some beer. Yeah. Because we can't actually drink beer directly in this studio. Correct. We've had beer on the shelf outside the door, but we, we can't have beer in here. Yeah. You know what my favorite part about that is, is besides drinking beer and doing the podcast, is when I go out into the hall and I see the little lights that indicate whether the microphones are on in all the different studios. Some of them are on, some of them are off. I always watch to see if I can see one go live or turn on, you know? It's a little game I play. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the hint, the hint from the pre-show 
one of them was it's good in cats. Yeah, and that's a good one. If you've been <clears throat> if you've been paying attention to Brando talking about cats, it's a good one. Okay. Mine was the language on this commander has the same language as the precursor to my Ericksmithy's deck, which was Edric Spymaster of Trest. Says Ooh. whenever somebody attacks one of your opponents, something happens. Of course, the other commander that has that kind of language, Gahiji Honored One. Yeah. There it is. There you go. So, so if you guessed it, congratulations. You don't win anything this time, but in the future, yeah. we're, we're definitely going to reintroduce that as a way to win free swag and or other cool things from us. Yeah, this is fun. I, I like doing this. And we picked that one like live during the pre-show and that was that was really cool. Yeah, we just kind of didn't plan. <laughs> yeah, not even we we talked about picking one, and then we didn't. So no deck giveaway, but we are doing the mystery boosters. But before that, I was thinking maybe we could do some super sweet Patreon shoutouts. Sure. Great. So part of being a patron with CCO Podcast is the CCO nickname. Yeah. Of course, the preferred decklist channel on our Discord and. Discounts on altars from myself, free shipping on the auctions. But first and foremost, to be officially welcomed to the nation, one gets their nickname. Yeah, the shitty nickname. Or a really great nickname. People seem to like those. Oh, yeah. It's it's a pretty, um, what's, what's the way to describe it? Pretty wide margin of quality of nickname. <laughs> yes, we have really good ones and then some of them not so much. But I have confidence that these ones are going to be... Really good. Yes. So, first one, and this guy's got a cool last name. Okay. Big thank you. Shout out to new patron, Jason Ferrari. Is that his real name? I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Huh. So, like, I don't know. We could do, like, racing Ferrari, I guess? It could be a thing, like like uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Have you seen that movie? I uh, know. No, what about me would indicate that I would have seen that movie. It won some awards, Ryan. That means people like it. That means it might be good. And it's about cars. Yeah. What about any movie would make you think that I saw it? Good point. Good point. So racing Ferrari, Ford versus Ferrari. Who's in that? That's like Christian Bale, right? Uh, Like Batman. Yeah. Batman, yeah. Dark Knight Batman, yeah, and like Matt Damon. Are you sure it's Matt Damon? It's Matt Damon. I just IMDb'd that shit. Oh. Matt Damon Ferrari. Matt Damon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> reference to cult classic. I can't believe I just said cult classic and then followed it with movie on my magic podcast. Of all people, me. I right? said that? Team America, Team America World, World, World Police. Hell yeah. <laughs> or or fuck yeah. There we go. It's a good ass So show. any anything between... Team America, World Police, fuck yeah, Ferrari. Oh, and yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, racing Ferrari. Racing Jason Ferrari. I'm sure he's never heard that before. But if he has, don't pick it. You pick something else. But <laughs> if you haven't, that's what I'm going to call you. Excellent. That's how I'm going to remember it. I like those ones where they have, they have choices. Yes. Choice is important in life. And so we give it to you here on the CCO Podcast. That's it. Like, it's your choice to stay home, but you should. Like, don't go to spring break and lick toilet seats. <laughs> Have you seen that? You've seen it. You work in the news. Oh, yeah. I've... Girls are licking seats in airplanes and stuff. Yeah. It's like the new Tide Pod challenge, except it's the... Except people are actually doing it. COVID-19 challenge. I'm sure people ate fucking Tide like Pods. Like one person. People, people are dumb. I'm, I'm sure one person had a Tide Pod, and then it was like all over Reddit. It's like the spoonful of cinnamon thing. Remember that? Oh, yeah. 
that one didn't get pulled down off of social media as fast because it wasn't like technically hurting anybody. But I think yeah, it, just the person's mouth yeah. who did it. It was one of my favorite things. They just take the big heaping thing and think, oh, this is going to be so good. And then, like just the horrified look on their face. Oh, and they would God. cough. And, like, the, like the cloud oh, of cinnamon so funny. would blow. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. God, that's so good. Uh, if anybody wants to just eat a spoon of cinnamon and just like send me the video, I would watch it. At CCO Brando on Twitter. Yep. I will 100% watch it and I will laugh. But don't do it because it and probably do, Yeah, don't great. do any of the other challenges we were talking about. Yeah. You know what? If you competed in the Guess the Commander challenge, there. You, you can you can reply to the pre-show tweet from CCO Podcast on Twitter with your commander guess. That's what we want. That's yeah. the challenge we yeah. want you to do. Yeah, those are the challenges we'll we'll let you in on. The rest of them, probably not. Yeah. yeah. Dangerous to your your health and public health in general, so don't do them. Yeah. Next shout out. Next shout out. And this is a big one because this is a new Ultimate tier member. Oh, shit. Yes. Okay. I messaged him, said thank you personally, said loves the YouTube content. Oh, that's nice. Thinks we're great. We approach the game very much like he does, which I think is true of all members of CCO Nation. That's why you're here. Thank that, you for being yeah, here. Yeah, very much so. When, and it's it speaks to us in spades when we go out and, and interact with people like in the wild. Yeah. Because everybody that listens to the show, likes the show, uh, is very much like us. Everybody's cool. Yeah. Not as cool as us, but, you yeah. know. We're all cool, and we all have, like, rippling abs. Oh, yeah. That's something I've noticed about the nation is just abs I've everywhere. Been, yeah, I've been working out a little bit more since I've been staying at home more. Yeah. i got, like, f- three extra abs. Wow. Yeah, that's, hey, that's the next challenge. Stay at home and get more abs. There it is. Yeah, okay, yeah, sweet. Also been drinking a bit more beer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've been having my post-work beer every day I get home. I'm like, you know what? Oh, yeah, you, and you've been, you've been like, running to the bone, oh, yeah. hey? It's beer 30. Fuck. And then at supper time, it's like, you know what I'm going to have instead of supper? Fucking beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a coping mechanism, kids, but sometimes you just need a beer. <laughs> it's not a coping mechanism, but, you sometimes, know. Sometimes, you, you know. <laughs> you know, you don't need shoes to run, <laughs> but it sure fucking helps. <laughs> Big shout out and thank you, too. New Ultimate Tier member, Charlie Parker. Good name. There's got to be something there. Hmm. Well, there's Chuck Parker like Chuck Taylor. There's Charlie Parker like Peter Parker. There is CM Parker like the wrestler CM Punk. Ooh, I like that one. Do you think he's in like a bad direct-to-DVD B-horror movie where he fixes up a house and then instead has has sex with a ghost and then kind of dies off camera and then just doesn't show up in the rest of the movie? There's so many questions. First and foremost, how do I work in B-level movie? Can I call it a C-level movie? And I, Can I call him C-movie Parker? That's like C-M Parker? Okay. Yeah. Second question, how do you feel it when you have sex with a ghost? You can't feel them. Well, he didn't know it was a ghost. How did he know he was having sex with it then? Well, because he could see it. But he didn't know that it was a ghost. That is only like, we know it's a ghost that's because we're like watching the, the movie. most, the most VR type shit that Pornhub has to offer. You know, how you get the <laughs> head goggles and the special cam girl thing. <laughs> you can't even feel it. It's like some next level shit. It's like that's like that's like GR. What's the G stand for? Ghost. <laughs> Oh, man. I want to get some of that GR. Do you think I need like a premium membership? 
Of course, I need the head strap and a different kind of phone. And yeah, those things are expensive, man. Maybe I can put it in my Ninja Turtle mask I was talking about on the pre-show, then I won't need to wear a toque inside of it. Yeah. Listen, if everybody who downloads the podcast just watched the pre-show, they'd understand. That's true. And you should watch the pre-show. We work very hard on it, and it's funny. Well, we don't work super hard on the pre-show. Sometimes we don't even plan. But it's super, it's super lots of work, Ryan. The rest of the stuff we do actually talk about <laughs> and meet and have to buy stuff and the editing, despite what you may think. <laughs> Video editing's hard, man. It takes yeah. fucking time. It is much more difficult than, than I thought. I'm getting worked up. You fired up? Oh, yeah. I'm like Marshall from Paw Patrol. I have no idea who that is. I right? was just thinking it as I said it. That's like what what I must feel like when you make a movie. Reference. Yeah, that's ex- this is is this how you feel all the time? This is not the arc of opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got to do another one of those. We always reference it. That was fun. That was a good time. Counterless Simic, Combo oh. Boros. Yes, Combo Boros. Oh. Hey, I was just looking at I was looking through all of our CCO podcast deck list on Tapped Out looking for my Bryon Stoutarm one. And we've done Bryon before, but not my deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I seen that combo combo Boros one, and I was like, dang, that was a good deck. Man, speaking of Boros, on Twitter, somebody asked, like, hey, while you're in quarantine, what decks are you working on? And I'm actually doing this thing where I'm just, I have, I think I've lost my actual fucking mind. And I just grabbed two people, and I'm like, man, both of these would be really cool but I don't really want to build two decks. So instead of building like a deck for each of them, I built half of an EDH deck for each of these two. Pe- these, and then I just shuffled it together and I've been goldfishing it. Are they the same colors? No. No, it's totally illegal. Can't play it anywhere. Oh. I'm just doing it because it's funny. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is really good. That's, that's an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the, an opportunity <clears throat> even to level up. Maybe. Like there's a white one and a red one. But there's no white and red cards. It's just, like, white and red cards together in a fucking... This is me. This is the shuffling sound. and it's That does not translate to microphone very well, let me tell you. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But it's fine. The moral we're, of the story We're doing is... some GR shit right there. <laughs> hey, uh, no, moral of the story, I... We're we're all over the place with this episode, we're obviously, because we're having a good time. This is the first time I've been in town since last week. Yeah, this is my first like non-work interaction with somebody in a long yeah, time. So I, I live in time. the middle of a field. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I haven't even seen my neighbors. Uh, we didn't finish Charlie Parker's nickname. I want to call him our the CCO movie star, C.M. Parker. That is C-list movie Parker. I dig it. C.M. Parker. So we've got a princess, a pope. Oh, and you know what? Enforcers and it's good. The pirate princess of CCO from last week, the pee-pee of CCO, didn't even think of it. Totally missed the boat, and that is just the greatest. Perfect. Perfect, the pee-pee piece of CCO. (laughs) So good. So what are we on today? What are we? CCO now with a pee-pee. I, yeah, gotta gotta do it, gotta do it. That's it. So. We're talking about level ups. We are. And we had a couple prepared that were our own personal level ups after we've, over the last four or five weeks, talked about people out in the nation, how they've further enhanced the quality, the depth, the fun level of their game, their builds, their budgets, their collections we touched on in the pre-show? Or was it in the actual show? It might have been in the actual show. It's been a long time, right? It's been at least... 17 minutes. Yeah, I had to lean over to see the clock. (laughs) (laughs) 
And we thought we would give you a couple of hours. Before we do, though, how about we give away our first pack? Let's give away some packs. First pack giveaway comes by way of Twitter response to the pre-show Whatever number it was, I don't know because they all just go into an Excel file, then I pick one. Right. <laughs> so, obviously, this person guessed the commander correctly based on the hints in the pre-show at PanPanUnbroken on Twitter. Winner of a couple brand new shiny unopened mystery booster box boosters. I didn't open a Ristic study or a Demonic Tutor. So that you could. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There's definitely a second Mana Crypt in that box. 100%. I've seen a double Mana Crypt box. They do exist. Sweet. Yep. So, Pan Pan Unbroken engages with us on Twitter frequently. Get at us. Send at CCO Podcast a private message. DMs are open. And just let me know your address. We'll get those out in the mail. And you can give us sweet, sweet pack pull picks. Yeah. I just made that up. That's another alliteration. I like alliteration. You can, a whole be lot. The, you can be the second PPP, Pack Pull Picks of CCO Nation. Pack Pull Picks Professional. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Use some cam girl pick. <clears throat> Don't Google that. No. No. So, do you want to get into your first level up? Yes. What do you got? What is, how have you leveled up your game? Well, I've been doing some thinking. And the first one I, I thought of was not so much a. A game, but the game outside the game, the physical act of playing the game. And I was thinking to myself, like, one of the things that I've gotten super efficient at playing my Omnath deck is shortcutting. I think that shortcutting is important, especially in the early game or in a deck where you're doing a lot of physical searching and shuffling. It's not just about knowing your deck. It's not just knowing what you're going to find. It's about knowing how to do that and then cut through all the bullshit so that your first turn doesn't take 25 minutes because you searched twice. Yeah. Like nothing. You're talking about like physical manipulation of cardboard in your hand and in your library. Nothing puts the damper on a game like somebody going fetch land, fetch the land, put it into play, tap that land, exploration, another fetch land. And they fetch, and, they, and you're like, what are you going to... And then they just say, go. Yo, yeah, like, and they leave it untapped. Yeah, like, that's the worst. It's you like, could you could add in, like, a mystical tutor after all that. Or it, even, like, yeah, or it even comes into play tapped. Like, they do it all just to have a bunch of tapped land. And it's like, dude, like, you could have just went, I'm going to fetch for this, I'm going to play this, I'm going to do this. Like, it's, okay, so, yeah. It's quick. Break it down a little bit. That example you just gave, fetch land, exploration, fetch land, how do you do it on turn one? I go fetch land... And then I tell everybody, I'm going to crack this for, let's just say a forest. I'm going to get a forest. I'm going to play this exploration. I'm going to play this fetch land right here. I'm going to crack it too, and I'm going to find whatever. So basically go basically you go, you, you take three cards in your hand. You go, I'm going to do this fetch land and this fetch land, and, and you lay down the exploration. This is how I'm going to do it. Go ahead. And then you just like take the next turn, like your opponent's turn, to just say, here's my forest. Here's my mountain. Yeah. And th that, just describing that, you're you're implying the shortcut that is just like five seconds of speech instead of searching your deck. Yeah, and some of those turns can take a long time. And then when you get into the later game where you actually have to resolve those triggers, it's important to like know your stuff and just say, okay, I'm going to get these and like shortcut where you, I shortcut where I can to keep games from getting bogged down in me 
Yeah, and rifling I've, I've, cards, I've right? seen you do it where you're like, where you're like, I'm gonna sky shroud claim. Does anybody have any responses? Because I'm gonna rampant growth with the two mount or with the two lands I get, and I'm just gonna search for all three lands at one time. It, 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 those things sound like real simple, but I never really thought of doing that until I realized how goddamn long games can take when you search and shuffle, search and shuffle, search and shuffle, search and shuffle. Yeah, and like, it's it's oh, typically yeah. common courtesy when you're playing with strangers to maybe extend your deck for them to cut. Not now with COVID yeah, going around, the COVIDs and stuff, right? You want your opponents touching your stuff. You now I can finally say, don't touch my rares, and people don't get, effect- <laughs> don't get offended. <laughs> they don't get offended, they get affected. <laughs> Infected. They, yeah. Uh, so you just play two cards, announce that you're doing both, but... Like, give somebody a chance to respond to the first one before you, like, well, yeah, say I'm, I'm going to find the second one. Then you just find all three of them at one time. Yeah, just do it all and just be done with it. And just find places where you can do that. If you're in, if I'm in a situation where I'm going to play multiple search cards in one time, I'll just do it. Do you have any problem with that? Okay, I'm going to do this one, too. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, let's just keep it. Because, like, if you can search once, shuffle once, it just makes everybody's lives easier. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny in Omnath, not to drag it on too much, but it's like, okay, I'm going to search for these two fetch lands, and then I'm going to crack them. Then I'm going to play them for my graveyard, and then I'm going to crack them again. And then I'm going to play a Splendid Reclamation, and then I'm going to crack them again. So I'm searching for eight lands. All you guys are going to get 16 from Perforos, and I'm going to sacrifice all these elementals to deal three damage to you. Do you all die? Does anybody have responses? Yeah. And it's literally that fast. But if you were to play out and resolve all the game actions individually, we'd be like, holy Christ, do you just win already? Yeah. And both of those situations are things that I was in. And the second one is the reason why I learned to do the first one. Yeah. Because it's like, because those things take a long ass time and it's, it's inevitable. And I know what's going to happen. I know where it's going. It's not like this is some indeterminate thing where I'm randomly going to get, I know that I'm going to get this many things and I'm going to do this much damage and everybody's going to die. Yeah. But like, You've got all the math figured out, and you just have to demonstrate it to the point where nobody can actually interact or respond to it any longer. If you've got anything, any like gas left in the tank after that, then you just kind of redo your math and kind of continue as planned. Yeah, and it's it's just it makes life so much easier. I think that people appreciate it too, where it's like, okay, here's what oh, I'm going to do, here's what I'm going to do, here's 100%. what I'm going to do. I do the same thing in Zada where, where there might be multiple searches or... With Zada, let's say I got ten tokens, and I've got, I've got one card that I know that I can win with on this turn. Where it's just like, okay, I'm gonna cast this. Any responses? No. Okay, it's gonna resolve, and I'm gonna draw ten. But before I do, I'm gonna cast this. Any responses? Like I might have the 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 pyroblast in my hand, right? Sure. I'm gonna cast this and draw ten. Any responses? No. And the, or, or or somebody might respond with like a like a rift or an instant speed like a route or something. It's like okay, in response, I'm going to cast this and this and this at instant speed to draw thirty, and then just like then I'm going to draw all my fifty cards. Then I'm going to search through my fifty and say, here's the card I needed to win. Like, can you do you have another response? Right, I'm not going to pick up my ten and then ask for responses again when I cast again and then pick up my 10 and then pick up my 10, then pick up my 10. That's so fucking slow. Yeah. It just takes so long. Shortcutting effect. Don't like skip over important stuff. Yeah. Give everybody the chance, yeah, right? Just be quick, hey, but how do you be smart about it? How do you feel about the common thing? Like on, on turn two, three, four, five, whatever is like, if somebody's got like a secure tribe elder where it's like, okay, I'm going to cast this and crack it so I can search now but if I reserve the right me, to block. block. Like, yeah. are you in on that? Well, like, I, I invented that. 
I'm certain I invented that. So you're 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 pro oh, yeah. reserve the right to block with Steve. Oh, I play that asshole directly into the graveyard. It's like a rampant growth. It's like, yo, I'm gonna play this, I'm gonna find my land. If you attack me, I block. I block. Like Yeah. First guy to even, attack me, I block. Even if like you're playing with strangers? Yep. That's a thing. You yep. just you just have to be a little bit more cordial with it, right? It's like I'm gonna search now, but like just to save time on player three's turn, so we're not holding up the game. Yeah. Like just so you know, I still have this. Yeah, like if it's turn two, well, like if it's later in the game, usually I'll kind of wait and see what they do because it actually matters. But like to block chip ins, just chuck them out. Like if you're gonna sack him, just sack him. You didn't even know you segued right into my level up. Ah, there we go. See, that was handy dandy. What was yours first one, right? Well, you've heard me say in the past, both in person, probably across the table or across the room, in writing on the podcast, gotta get them chip-ins in, right? Yep. For a long time in the commander community, I'm going to I'm going to go back to the the phrase commander culture. The commander culture has been to not make enemies at the table. Sure. And we touched on it briefly recently that if your friends are getting offended or are your cutesy tootsy enemy for the game because you hit them for one on turn 2 or 3. Yeah. It's like your friends have the wrong priorities in game. Yeah, like I got in there with my commie of the butt crack and you took two commander down. It's like, oh, I'm going to. Oh, yeah, it's over. We're enemies for the rest Here of the night. Comes. Yeah, no. Parhelion 2, clone Parhelion 2, crew both take 32, you dick. And it's like, uh, what? We're not into that. I like to think that there has been a shift in the culture of Commander to get those chip ins in. Right, we've been conditioned to just sit back and block as to not make enemies. But have you ever noticed when you play with somebody who primarily plays standard or limited, they come over to commander and they play their mana dork, not, maybe not realizing how important like your turn three four play is to set up your mid and late game. But on turn two, they're like, "Oh, I don't want to cast X Y Z thing in my hand yet," and they attack for like two points of damage. They always are on the offensive to get every little minuscule amount of damage in because that's the way that magic traditionally has been played. And I think that that's an, it's important to move back to that type of culture where, and you have experienced it probably more than anybody else I know, where it's just like you're doing the math and you're like, God, and you're like pulling your hair out because you can get everybody to three. Yeah. And if if people had to just got them chip ins, yes, right, and like you, you you kick your you kick your own ass when you don't get your own chip ins. Sometimes you draw your blood moon instead of your magus of the moon, right? So yeah. you can't get your chip ins. But on turn two, where it's like, how come we didn't attack with that wood elves? Or turn three, four, whatever wood elves, it's unblocked. It's like get your one damage in. Yeah. What are you doing missing that? Like get in there. Like how come we didn't attack with Zulaport Cutter? Well, I didn't want him to die. Nobody's gonna fucking kill it. Right? Or it's like... Uh, if somebody's wasting a, a removal spell on the Zula Pot Cut, they're like, so? Yeah. Or, you, you know what You know what I, I always think of is, okay, let's say you've got your 2-2 commander, and I've got my 2-2 utility whoever, and everybody else has got 3-3s. You can still get chip-ins because I'm going to attack my 2-2 dork utility whoever into your 2-2 commander. Are you going to block? Probably not. 
No, because your commander, like, your deck is probably contingent on your commander being on the battlefield. Yeah. And I've gone even as far as, this is how level up this has been for me. I've got my 2-2 utility dork. You've got your 2-2 commander. I say, that's your commander. Are you going to block with it? And they're like, why would I block with it? I don't want it to die. Oh, okay, take two. And they're just like, <laughs> oh. Ah, crap. And then the next turn, you're probably not going to block with that commander again, are you? And they just shake their head. No. Take two. Take two. <laughs> it might be eight damage you get in, right? You can that's get lots almost, of... That's like 20% of their life. Yeah. You just, can, Two twos can get you there sometimes. That's man. it. So that's my level up. It's a good one. Get your chip-ins. I got to keep saying it. Everybody's got to contribute. I mean, if the game ends, then play another one. Yeah, and if you make an enemy, well, they're probably not very good if they're getting mad at the first attack. Maybe if I keep getting chip-ins, like, for 8 or 10 damage. Yeah, like, if you're mana hosed and you're getting in there for, like, for 15 with your 1-1, one, one, <laughs> and, like, they got two land and they've been discarding cards the whole game, like, you know... You know, maybe layoff. Yeah, I suppose that's but, that's fair. But I mean, but those early game swings for two or three or whatever, like hey, whatever. here's here's an opportunity for another mini level up. Uh oh. If you recognize that somebody is going on tilt because their deck is not treating them fairly, right? You're getting your chip ins like you should be, and they're just bricking hard, and they've discarded like a whole bunch of great ramp spells because they're stuck at like two mana. Oh, I've been or there one too. mana. I've been there. Because all the great ramp spells are at two. <laughs> They're stuck at one mana. If you can see some type of social change in their behavior, maybe just let off. Read the social cue is the mini level up there. There is a game outside the game. We talk about it lots. Maybe not as much as we should sometimes, but there is that game outside the game where at the end of the day, you're doing something fun with your friends. And if your friends aren't having fun, then somewhere something is wrong and that might not be something you're doing it might be on them but there are things that you can do to reel them back in and be like yo man i know i've gone on tilt before i know that and you've been like brando you're being a fucking asshole that's a real thing that you've said to me yes and i'm like i am and yeah. then i sit there and i'm still pissed off but you know what you're I an asshole up. in your own by yourself yeah I'm, until I'm, you're cooled down yeah and i cool down a little bit and then i'm back to having fun with everybody else and that's a thing that happens too. And that that comes from chip-ins, but that also comes from people searching their deck for too long. It comes from people having 35-minute turns that don't end with anything. Yeah. You know, you know what? I got, I got one more thing with the chip-ins damage. I, I thought of one more thing as I was looking at my show notes. So if I can get in in a game, or if... No, I'll, I'll stick with just me. If I can get in 10 extra points of chip-in damage on opponents... Just randomly, one to you, one to Evan, one to Steve, you know, couple here, couple there. If I can get 10 damage in, that's 25% of somebody's life total. Sure. If I play four games in a night, as we might do at like at our weekly Tuesday Dude Bro Night, yeah. that's 40 damage per week. That's the functional equivalent of knocking a player out of a game. If there are four game or four weeks in a month... I've knocked four players out of games. Oh, that's a win and a bit. That is increasing your win by a game per month. Ooh. Plus 25%. <laughs> right, whatever. A game per month, let's call it. Sure. Right? So if you are the kind to keep track of that sort of thing, you should also be looking at getting more chip-in damages because you're going to win 
an extra game per month, and that's important. I mean, you're blowing up spreadsheets all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I know people keep track of that kind of shit. It's fucked up. Let's give away more packs. <laughs> that was the air horn. <laughs> <laughs> Next pack giveaway comes by way of YouTube comment. I assume guessing the correct commander in a comment somewhere from a spreadsheet somewhere that I just blew up. Nice. Congratulations to Greg Big Dick Jones. I figured I'd, I'd switch it up on you. Definitely corny, but fits with the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Use your imagination, people. Yes. <laughs> so, big thanks for the YouTube comments. We appreciate it. We appreciate people watching the pre-show. It is lots of fun for us to do, and a lot of the times we lament that we don't turn the camera on sooner because a lot of the funny stuff actually happens before we actually look at the show plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're planning so, the plan to the thing. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. whole thing. So, get at us. I know that you you engage on the Discord channel a ton. Obviously on YouTube, get at us, even though we already have your address. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's important. Yeah. It's important shit. That's it. What's your next level up? My next level up is, uh, this one's a little more personal. I don't get personal on everybody in the Are nation. Yeah. You got Kleenex? Uh, no, I got, a, I got a sanitary wipe, though. Gross. That I've been using to wipe down the studio. But uh, this one, because and like right around the time we started playing EDH, I'd kind of become disenfranchised with a lot of constructed formats. So I'm like, oh, I just, I don't want to be a fucking part of this anymore. Cobblade was ruining my life. Mm, they just got rid of extended. Yeah, the, the format that I liked was extended. It, it was gone. Innistrad had come out and all of my decks had rotated and it's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to invest a bunch of money in this so I kind of picked up on EDH and it took me a long time to get there and like at first I don't think I was super, not tight on my building because I'm okay at deck building but like, obviously I have a podcast where I do it all the time <laughs> but the, the starting off was very, very slow and then I got kind of good and I found a middle ground. I got really comfortable in all my decks and how I did everything. And then I kind of felt like I got complacent. Like I still loved playing magic with everybody. And I still really liked being with my friends and being a part of a... a I wasn't really part of the greater community at the time because I'm not super social media savvy. I'm trying. We drank way more beer then too. And I lived really close to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it was super good. Like we had, we were having fun and it was everything I wanted it to be. But like... There was a time right before we started the show where I'm like, man, am I even like good at this? <laughs> like, Sorry. And it's like, man, am I, do I fucking just suck? Yeah, like, do I suck at magic? Like, am I like, am I in a rut because I suck or am I in a rut because I've just established a niche for myself and I'm comfortable here and I'm not pushing outside the comfort zone? And then when we started the show and I was forced to kind of push the boundaries and be a little bit more creative in how I did things and how I approached things. And I had to try new things that I, I just hadn't been doing before. It couldn't be all aggro all the time. It had I to remember, be new stuff. I remember talking to you about this a couple times, maybe once since we started the show, because it was probably in our, in our minds as a topic. But I remember talking to you about this and saying, just like that, you, you're, you're comfortable here in this avenue. Or on in this lane of the freeway, and there's all these other lanes. Like there's a public transit lane. There's a, there's a carpool there's a carpool lane. lane. Yeah, there's yeah. an off ramp where you like just burn it down and try something else. Yeah, right. Yeah. I remember talking to you about this before. Yeah, and like there there came a point where it's like you know, and then I, we started getting a lot of great feedback from the nation. Like people 
listened to us and enjoyed us. And it's like, you know, it was a huge like confidence boost for me to actually step outside of what I was doing and and try something else. Me and the the whole nation built a stacks deck together. And it yeah. was like my first control deck that I had built in years. And probably your first one for the commander format. Yeah, it was definitely my first commander control deck. And it was like, so in starting the show and in interacting with other people and in pushing my own boundaries of what I know and understand and how I approach the game, I've become a better, more well-rounded magic player. And on top of all of that, my confidence in doing all of those things went up too. You're supposed to say that we're subject matter experts in all areas of the subject matter. Well, we are now. Oh, yes. But at the time, we were still leveling our shit up. That's like, right. Well, you know We're what? deck building I... gods now. Well, but I back don't before know we that. leveled up to that, we had to, we had to start small and... I think through the support of all these people and by playing games and by pushing the limits, which was the big level up, is you gotta you gotta push your limits. Do stuff you're not comfortable with. Try other shit. Don't just play all the stuff that you think is best. Try something that you think is bad and maybe, maybe, maybe it'll change your whole life. Yeah, you know what I think one of the maybe the the mega level up or the the meta outside of the level up game <laughs> is communication. I don't want to lean back onto communication because we say that a lot. And whenever, whenever people that are skilled or strong communicators hear, oh, communication is key. They're all like, Ugh, yeah, okay, whatever. What does that even mean? To people who, who are good at it. Or who aren't good at it, right? <laughs> but what I mean by saying communication is key is not only calling you out for being an asshole if you go on tilt, but you saying something to me like, oh, no, not another combo deck. Or, hey, what do you think I'm I'm trying to build this deck? And I see some card that I know that you like that you put in lots of decks. I'm like, what is this doing in here? Well, I don't know. It's good. It's like a backup thing. It's like, well, it's a backup thing if I'm just, this is just an example. Yeah. This is a backup thing if you're playing this other strategy that you're familiar with, right? Yeah. Is it viable here if it's the only thing that does that? Oh, yeah, maybe. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Right? So cut it and put something else in that f does further your strategy. And we're just, we're having a conversation and you're you're getting some of my opinions, maybe on a different archetype or maybe how to kind of plan a show to do a deck tech a little bit differently. Or maybe for some people it's, you know, how do you, how do you say your playgroup has too much combo? Well, just ask your playgroup what they think about how much combo is being played. Yeah. Right? How, how does your how does your playgroup feel about, you know, Fish Hulk in EDH if you're in CEDH, if you're a CEDH group? Well, maybe you try and play games without it. Yeah, maybe you see how people just look at their faces when you play Fish Hulk. Just see. Yeah. Oh, you know, here, here's here's one that I've talked to. It was either... I think it was at a, it was at a dude bro magic night when you weren't there, and I I mentioned that I think it would be a cool thing to try, just in our isolated group, no deck changes, don't bias your deck towards trying to take advantage of this rule change, but it would be a cool thing to try collective commander damage, twenty one points of damage total from all commanders kills you. I yeah. thought that that would be an interesting thing to try just to see if it was good, if it created better games. Like every single person in our group has multiple decks of varying degrees of competitiveness. Sure. So if we had a large enough sample size based on that criteria and enough time to say, yeah, it's good or bad, 
could it be something that we could introduce as a house rule to make Voltron decks or aggro decks a little bit more viable? Maybe. Right? So just that kind of conversation, even if we never do it, because we probably fucking never will, <laughs> right, gets people thinking, oh, that's where Ryan's head is about how bad Voltron is. That's where Ryan's head is on how good life gain is as a result of no Voltron commanders. Right? Why do you think there's so much life gain in our meta? Because nobody's playing Voltron decks. Nobody's playing Infect. Right? And then when I bust out, like, a Rixmithese and kill everybody with triumph for the hordes everybody gets butt hurt and i'm like well yeah quit playing so much life gain start playing more interaction right and it's yeah. like stop playing a soul's attendant and play a swords to plowshares yeah so that's just just giving each other kind of a, a frame of reference for how we're thinking about the game is very important in a tight-knit group of friends and i think i think that's what you and i have done for each other with the show yeah, and I think that, like, if you liken it to a swimming pool, you want the whole swimming pool to be the deep end and not to have one end be shallow. Oh, no, you need one end to be shallow, don't you? No. No? Nah. F the kids. Yeah. They Would, can drown or swim. Yeah, you want to come out of the shallow end of the gene pool or the deep end, Ryan? <laughs> we're, we're totally using, like, different examples here. <laughs> you, want, you, want it, you want depth. Depth. You don't want it to be shallow. You don't want to build out of a paddling pool yeah you want one of those sweet olympic pools with the lines on the bottom and those weird little floaty ropes i'm not much of a swimmer so i'm not sure what any of that shit's for i just like to bob around in the water yeah you had me you lost me at depth don't google that well maybe by itself you can google it yeah depth is fine but in conjunction with any body part yeah. do not google it's it. it's definitely one of the dimensions that make up our world depth is important to understand and length and width and time, and then you have all the dimensions. Uh, well, arguably. We're not doing the physics thing, Ryan. We're not quantum cookout podcast. Definitely a Q. <laughs> Shit. It <laughs> does have a nice ring to it, though. I like that one. I tried. All right, I tried. Oh, that's super excellent. <laughs> so what's your next one, Ryan? My next one, this is kind of weird, and here's the thing. I haven't mentioned the old Paramicon Persistent Petitioners deck in at least two weeks. I got the itch. Oh, shit. Okay. This level up is the level up of learning how not to lose. Doesn't necessarily mean you win, but the level up of learning how not to lose is multifaceted. It it comes by way of deck building decisions. I totally thought you were going to talk about not being salty. Uh, also that you have to be okay with not always winning very important and, and taking you know not losing as a victory <laughs> when you're playing decks that are bad enough yeah but it comes by way of deck building decisions and then a lot of leveraging in game or or just what's the what's a good couple examples here how about this if you attack me, I'm going to Pramacon next turn so you can never attack me again. That's like base level. Next level is like, if you attack me, I'll kill it, but it has to, like, he's got no blockers, so attack him. No, I don't want to attack him. I need a blocker. If you don't attack him, I will kill your creature, right? And that gets his, like, your creature tapped, attacking player two, and then player three can attack you. Mm. You don't want your creature to die? I want player two to lose life, and I want you to lose life. So I'm going to leverage you 
to attack player two, and I'm going to make player three also attack you because I'll do the same threat to him. And with my deck building decisions, I can also not die because I'm playing a, a pillow fort or some very light stacks, or I just have blockers that I don't care about. Right. And it, that's kind of control strategy 101, but my deck also doesn't have a very stout or powerful or competitive, whatever you want to call it, win condition. It's just there for me to play as long of a game of magic as as I want to or as I'm able to continue to use my voice to to make myself not die. Do you play a temple bell in that deck? I don't. You really should. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why? Well, because... Because I'm because I'm gonna mill somebody out and then make them draw. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, because milling is part of the win condition, and if they're playing an Eldrazi Titan, one of your win conditions is gone. That is true. So you got to mill them all the way out, which would be impressive in that deck. Yes. And then in response to them, totally nerfing your win condition, you're like, ha, Temple Bell. That's bitch. it. That's also, it. Temple Bell plus uh, Smothering Tithe. There's a fucking level up for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a... I, I don't even play Smothering Tide in that deck, but oh, yeah, I could. Yeah. Oh, dude. I could. It goes good with my Sphere of Safety because they're both enchantments. Yeah. Smothering Tide and then next turn Sphere of Safety. You got to pay two to attack me. I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm going to tell you one of your level ups. Admitting that you were totally wrong about Smothering oh. Tide <laughs> and I was totally right. There we go. <laughs> I did name it as my number one card of 2019 in Commander. Not when it was released. You know, <laughs> it. Yeah, you know what? There is there is a level of humility in admitting that maybe I misevaluated the card a little bit. I was trying to be as sound as possible in that, and and I'll just reiterate my argument very shortly. It costs four. There's only three opponents that draw cards. So even after I spend four and a card, it comes back around to me. If nobody paid, I still have not made my mana back yet. And I haven't made my card back yet because I can't make my card back until I've made more mana than the card Smothering Tithe cost. That's how I evaluated it. In addition to that, you can have an opponent like pay the two so you don't get anything, which makes it even slower or if they have infinite mana and infinite draw, for example, like most Blue Sun Zenith combos do, well, they'll just pay and you never get any mana, right? So there's all these kind of qualifiers that make it seem as though it could be not as good as it is. Of course, if they have infinite mana and infinite draw, you're going to lose anyway, so what the hell do you care if you have a smothering Most like, well, if I, if I had mana as they draw and I could do something, like, yeah, bad example, but yeah. you understand. I understand. There is definitely... A, a level up to be had there in admitting that you were wrong. And that could come by way of deck building decisions, meta choices, deck decision. If you're playing in like a, a league or a, uh, a, a CEDH tournament, for example, card choices, how you react to scenarios in your playgroup or meta. Yeah, dude. That's a big one. We had a guy at uh, our local game store storm off because he was convinced that a player cheated because he like 40'd him. Well, I would win too every game if I cheated. And then he just left. Yeah. Right? And, and he, he certainly made his opinion loud enough for the entire group, including the drafters down the hall to hear. Yeah. Which is just so inappropriate. Yeah. And there is a level up to admitting that 
not only was that wrong, but he shouldn't have done it in the first place. And if you think somebody's cheating, you either punch them in the face or you talk shit about them behind their back. Well, neither of those are actually, you know what? There's a level up to be had here, Brandon. <laughs> I don't think that either of those scenarios are appropriate either. I Pipe mean, in a playmat out behind the mall. Well, if you're Max Crandell, you know I how- mean, he might know it's coming now, so we might have to think of something else. Dude, we meme, we meme about that so much, there's no way he thinks we're going to do it. He has no idea what's coming to him. Watch him just show up with like a bunch of broken off beer bottles stuffed inside of a like a baseball sock, <laughs> and he's just gonna like it's gonna be like an old street fight from the eighties. Or he just wears a helmet everywhere he goes. <laughs> Little does he know Better that get was my our Magic Fest helmet. <laughs> Little does he know that was that was our plan the whole time was to make him look even more ridiculous whenever he leaves the house. Oh man, sorry Max. We actually like him. I do. I like Max Crandell, but you know sometimes you just gotta dunk on people. That's it. So, yeah, my level up, I guess, is is learning how to not lose. And you can use your voice to to leverage situations so people can, like, not attack you. We call it countering spells with your face. That could be it, yeah. Around here. Yep, yep, yep. I like to maybe suck up as much damage as I think is appropriate and save my spells until whatever they're doing could kill me. And then you just, like... Stay alive, stay alive, stay... Like, you always have it when they are ready to be lethal. If you always have it at that point, they're going to start eventually, through the course of many weeks and games, just going to divert their attackers elsewhere by default because they assume that you have it. It's like that thing where you had the little kid and he was sitting there and they'd give him something fuzzy and they'd bang a pot, like two pots together behind his head, and eventually he became a fuzzy things. I have no idea what you're talking about. That sounds like some terrible scientific experimentation that like is, from the 40s. Yeah, that oh. was some, that was one of like the first like psych, like psychology experiments. They made a, I think his name was Baby Albert or Baby Huey or so. I don't remember the kid's fucking name, but they just like they'd give him a rabbit and they'd scare the shit out of him, and then they'd take the rabbit away and they'd give him a rabbit and they'd scare the shit out of him. They did it over and over and over again, and eventually this man, when he was like. 22, he was afraid of everything fuzzy. Oh, it like that's ruined, like, that's it like how you train his whole life. That's like how you train dogs. Yeah. Except the opposite. Like everybody's like into positive and affirmations give, for dogs. You or give whatever. them some food, then you ring the bell and they salivate. And you're, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. Positive and negative reinforcement. It's real shit. Yeah. You know what? Here, I'll go on my own tangent yeah. here just because that was, that was the second level up that I had planned. And then, and then I want to thank all of our listeners again, because Hell yeah. they, th- this was a good arc and I, I very much enjoyed it. But before that, here's my tangent. Okay. You know how, you know how one of my old jobs taught employees, particularly workers out in the field, pure humiliation. That was like one of the superintendents told me one time, he's got his feet up on his desk. Pure humiliation is the most effective way to teach a group of workers anything. If one of them makes a mistake and you can make him feel like a fucking idiot in front of all of his friends, guess who's never going to make that mistake ever again? Him or any of the friends that were around. They made a movie about that and it had Jack Nicholson in it and Tom Cruise and I think Demi, was it Demi Moore? You're asking the wrong guy. A few good men? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all of those people. Yeah. That's that's what that whole Uh, show was about. It wasn't Jack Nicholson. It was Tommy Lee Jones. No, it was definitely, definitely Jack Nicholson. He said the line. He was the one that said that thing. I know. Add us on Twitter, at CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando. I'm totally right. I could be wrong. Guaranteed. I've been wrong about a movie at least one time. (laughs) But the point is, 
That's it. Did you have any other mini level ups or, or general level ups to to cover before we kind of conclude the arc? I don't. You know what? I talked about my two my two big ones, the physical manipulation of your deck, learning to play it efficiently for the enjoyment of all, and the pushing your boundaries and pushing your limits of what you thought you liked about magic and trying to discover something new and maybe you'll come across something that you really, really like, and maybe you're in the process of writing an article about. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who can say it can't be me? Uh, but, yeah, like that's that's what I got. I think that those are the really big ones. Of course, you learn little things along the way, but I think that it's those, those big lessons that affect your game and affect how you approach the game and affect your life that uh, are the ones that matter. I like all that. And, of course, I talked about getting my chip-ins and making sure you're maximizing opportunities to over the course of weeks and days and weeks and months to win more games. Not as life-focused as yours, but a little bit more technical, which I think is appreciated to cover all aspects of what we're talking about today. And then, of course, how to not lose leveraging situations and and making your deck-building style speak to how people should treat it. And don't be an infected urethra and get butthurt when you lose. Yeah, or get second, because I get second all the time. The second is awesome. It means that you were the last person to lose. You put up the biggest fight. You're Rocky and Rocky won, dude. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> they built a statue out of that motherfucker. That was awesome. I want a statue of me right in my yard as you drive in, hey? Dude, aliens are going to come to this planet and think Rocky Johnson, Rocky Johnson. Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa was a real guy. Rocky Johnson was a real guy. <laughs> Before we go. It's the last big level up is, and you usually touch on this more than I do, but I wanted to touch on it this week. Big thank you to all of the CCO national lights out in our community because you guys are going through as shitty of a situation as we are losing jobs. Kids are out of school, out of work. Everybody's out there coughing and sneezing or hiding from people that are coughing or sneezing. And you guys have not only stuck with us, you've been beacons of positive light in in at least our communities i don't know about other people's communities but everybody seems to be in good spirits on the discord and in twitter and sharing things that are positive and we've even got new patreon supporters in light of all of the shit that's going on so i super appreciate that and i know we don't say it enough and i i I made a couple posts on our discord about it Uh, i guess just general thanks to everybody who listens subscribes watches the youtube bids on the auctions whatever it is if you're here we appreciate you being here because without you there wouldn't be us so it, it does mean a lot that you guys give your time and your attention to us because at the end of the day, the time and attention is like the most valuable thing that anybody can give to somebody else. So we really appreciate the the minutes that you'll never get back that you have spent with us. <laughs> we stole their minutes. Yeah. That's right. Big thank you to face2facegames.com. They are Canada's biggest magic store. And thanks to you for letting us steal all of those minutes. I hope you don't regret them. And we're going to be back to take some more away from you on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! <laughs>